Good day from Sydney, Australia. This is Radio Rotary. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Trebowasser speaking to you from the Rotary International Convention in Sydney, Australia. Join us for the next half hour as I speak to Rotarians from around the world about all the great things Rotary is doing to help humanity. And we'll be back after these important messages. Alone, our reach is limited. No matter how great our intentions, on our own, we can only stretch so far. But at Rotary, we believe the right group of people working together can make our communities, our world, a better place. Rotary is a worldwide network of community volunteers dedicated to helping people in need. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary. Humanity in motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Trebowasser speaking to you from the Rotary International Convention in Sydney, Australia, where we're going to be talking with Rotarians from around the world about all the great things Rotary is doing today. My next guest on Radio Rotary here at the Rotary International Convention in Sydney, Australia, is Dr. Peter Linz. He is the International Chief Medical Officer of something called Mercy Ships. We're going to find out about it, but first, good morning, Dr. Linz. Welcome to Radio Rotary. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, so Mercy Ships is uh, a... Uh organization that operates the world's largest non-governmental hospital ship off the west coast of Africa. And uh, we're here with Rotary uh, because we're one of Rotary's strategic partners uh, in the package grant process uh, in the disease management and treatment. So our our hospital um, basically is a surgery specialty hospital uh, crewed by about 400 volunteers from all over the world. And at any given time, we probably have about 35 different nations represented. Uh, And we offer... uh, medical training to local physicians and nurses, as well as providing free surgery to um, sort of the world's forgotten poor. So we do uh, uh, oral surgery, cleft lips, large tumors, plastic surgery, burn reconstruction, uh, obstetric fistula repair, uh, cataract surgery, um, and uh, general surgery, hernias, and uh, goiters, those sorts of things. Uh, And in the last uh, two years, we've had four rotary uh, VTT virtual training teams that have partnered with us uh, in both uh, training and in infection control and in um, uh, eye surgery. Now, how large is this ship is it, compared to, say, the average cruise ship? Um, it's probably about half the size. It's about 150 meters long. So it's uh, actually converted uh, North Sea rail ferry. Um, so it's about eight decks high um, and uh, has a displacement of about uh, 16,000 tons. So you have an operating room in there and a pharmacy? Yeah, actually six operating rooms, wow. 75 beds. Uh, we have a 32-slice CT scanner, uh, a pharmacy, uh, a laboratory. So it's sort of a modern Western hospital uh, that we can sort of bring to Africa. So uh, we have reliable power, water, food, um, and our crew can sort of you know live in relative safety and comfort aboard while working. Dr. Peter Linz of Mercy Ships, do you just dock in one spot and people come to you, or do you go around the African coast? So uh, we work pretty much in West Africa from uh, Senegal in the north to Angola in the south, and we'll go to a country for about 10 months. So we dock in one place for 10 months. That allows us to do... Uh, uh, sort of larger surgeries that require longer recuperation as well as provide training. So the ship will spend 10 months in a country. We just left the Republic of Congo. Uh, she's right now on her way for about six weeks of maintenance. And then uh, in September, we'll be going to Benin in West Africa for the next 10 months. 
Well, regular listeners know I always complain about my hip. Do you do hip replacement surgery? If yes, when can I have an appointment? Uh, unfortunately, we don't do hip replacement surgery. It's the orthopedic <laughs> surgery. We do do orthopedic surgery, but it's pediatric orthopedics. So uh, uh, club feet and, and bone deformity. So uh, unfortunately, you're a little bit outside the age range of the orthopedic <laughs> surgery we'd offer. Well, I'm a lot outside the age range. Dr. Peter Linz of Mercy Ships. If people want to know more information about this wonderful project, is there a website? There is. So if you just go to www.mercyships.org. Uh, you can find out information about the organization, and uh, if you're interested in volunteering, there's uh, all sorts of information there as well. That includes physicians and nurses? Physicians, nurses. The crew, the crew is about 400, but only about 190 are medical. So we have lots of non-medical people who volunteer, people who are in the maritime industry driving the ship, people cooking food, people uh, working in the bank. We even have a functioning Starbucks cafe. Oh, I'm in. Uh, Dr. Peter Linz of Mercy Ships, give us that website once again. It's www.mercyships.org. Dr. Peter Linz of Mercy Ships, thank you so much for everything you're doing to bring good health to Africa, and thanks for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. Thanks so much for having us. My pleasure. My next guest on Radio Rotary here at the Rotary International Convention in Sydney, Australia, is Teresa Mitchell-Patterson, and she's going to talk to us about something called Bowel Cancer Australia. Good morning, Teresa. Welcome to Radio Rotary. Good morning. How are you? Well, I'm just fine. So tell us, what is bowel cancer, and what are you doing about it? Well, we Bowel Cancer Australia is a charity fund and we are a service to assist people with bowel cancer. So we have a nutritional advisor, and that's myself, and I talk to people about how to prevent bowel cancer and also help people who are undergoing surgery or have had surgery, and um, I help them to change their diet. We also have two nurses that are online and on call and people can send us emails and they will um, assist with anything, any questions that a person may have about bowel cancer. And we also advise early screening and we use something called Bowel Screen, which is an early screening system and of course the earlier you get bowel cancer, the better your prognosis is. So what kind of foods do you recommend? Our listening audience, I'm sure, is going to take out their shopping list and write down uh, what kind of foods are, are good. I know we talked about, uh, you know, in the, 20 years ago they started selling cereals with high fiber and all that sort of thing. Well, what do you recommend? Well, it's still on the high fiber side of things, so it's important that we get about 30 grams of fiber per day. But what we have found, and this is through the World Cancer Research Fund, is that there are certain foods that prevent bowel cancer, one of which is garlic, and you only have to eat a clove of garlic per day. It also keeps Dracula away. Uh, well, it keeps a number of people away. <laughs> <laughs> so milk and calcium, very important as a preventative to bowel cancer, and making sure that you get five serves of fruit and vegetables per day. So it's not just the fiber in the fruit and vegetables, it's also the phytonutrients. So plant uh, chemicals that help to fight cancer. And keeping meat and processed meats under 500 grams per week. And if you do cook meat, particularly beef or lamb, to make sure that it's cooked on a very low flame, it's not charred. And if you can, marinate the meat before cooking it. How about kangaroo meat? <laughs> kangaroo meat sits in the red meat category as well, but I insist that you try it because it's, it's really yummy. And just make sure it's under 500 grams. Now, what about uh, regular medical screening? Now, when I turned 50, my regular doctor sent me 
to the uh, proctologist, or as we call him, the rear admiral. Yes. And he went up Periscope and looked around and found some polyps, which he lassoed uh, like a cowboy. And uh, thank God they tested out benign. Um, do you recommend uh, what, what, the Sigma scope? Is that what it's called? They're called colonoscopies. That's right. That's what it yep. was. Yes. Uh, yes, we do. We make sure that if you have a family history of bowel cancer, that you do a bowel screening test, which is basically uh, to check for blood. Um, and an, well, it's actually now changed to an immune test. Um, and you should do that every two years if you've got a family history of bowel cancer from the age of 50. And a colonoscopy um, every three years if you've ever had polyps or bowel cancer. And is there a website or something uh, you can point, point people to for more information? BowelCancerAustralia.org That's BowelCancerAustralia.org Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Radio Rotary. It was a great pleasure, Teresa. And thanks for your, your, the help you give to people uh, to avoid bowel cancer. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Well, I brought a book here to Australia, uh, a Disney book. It wasn't to read on the plane. It was to donate to a wonderful project being run by the Scholastic Publishing Company. Yes, folks, the people that used to sell you those little books when you were in elementary school. And I've got a lovely young lady here with me, Sharon Turner, who's going to tell us all about it. Good morning, Sharon, and welcome to Radio Rotary. Good morning, Jonah. How are you this morning? Just terrific. So, what is this all about, this uh, literary maze? Okay, well, Rotary have approached us and they wanted to, for the convention, put build a wall of books. So, it's about um, getting books out into the hands of children who would otherwise not have a lot of access to books and literacy. So, the books here that are being purchased today, Rotarians are coming in, they're purchasing books from us, from our bookstand, or... Some are choosing to bring books in themselves from wherever they've come from. I've had some come in today from Ethiopia, Ethiopia Bangladesh, all over the world. Um, bringing their books, placing them on our book maze. So we're building that wall of books. At the end of the program, all of those books will go out to remote Indigenous Australian children. Well, that's just terrific. Uh, so, of course, some of these books might be in languages other than English. Is that a problem, or are you asking for English books only? Look, there is a preference, obviously, if they're going to Indigenous children in Australia, that they do go to, that they are English only. However, we also run a program where we have libraries in the children's hospitals around Australia. So we have one in Sydney, Brisbane, and Melbourne. And I know that they have a real calling for a second language title. So we are putting other, other languages back into our library. So if they're coming here, I'm actually shuffling them through our libraries and I know that they'll be loved by the patients in the hospital. Well, that's a great project, Sharon Turner of Scholastic Books, and I'd like to present to you and put on the uh, uh, wall of books that you're compiling here, a Disney book called From Stone Age to Space Age. You're obviously in the Space Age. I'm from the Stone Age. <laughs> but thank you for everything you're doing for children literacy and thanks for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. Oh, thank you, Jonah. Have a lovely day. And we'll be back with more of our exclusive coverage of the Rotary International 105th Annual Convention from Sydney, Australia, right after these important messages. Salisbury Bank & Trust offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess County, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, Salisbury Bank is your personal bank in your community. Making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Check us out at Salisbury 
SalisburyBank.com. That's SalisburyBank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, CPAPC, is a full-service accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. JGS specializes in business succession planning, including ownership transition, management transition, as well as family and non-family transitions. The JGS staff works alongside you to solve the problems of your specific business or personal situation. JGS is conveniently located on Route 211 in Middletown, New York. To learn more, please contact JGS at 845 929500 or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business. Join us for the fabulous Hudson Valley Rib Fest, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, August 15th, 16th, and 17th at the Ulster County Fairgrounds in New Paltz. There's great entertainment. And great food. Play area and rides for the kids. And great food. Loads of vendors. And have we mentioned the great food? That's the Hudson Valley Rib Fest, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, August 15th, 16th, and 17th at the Ulster County Fairgrounds in New Paltz. Be there. Watch me wallabies feed, mate. Watch me wallabies feed. They're a dangerous breed, mate. So watch me wallabies feed all together now. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Freeblossom speaking to you from the Rotary International Convention in Sydney, Australia, where we're going to be talking with Rotarians from around the world about all the great things Rotary is doing today. I'm delighted to welcome now to Radio Rotary a Rotarian, Mario DeJesu of Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. And he's going to tell us the truth and the possible consequences of methamphetamines, an organization he's involved in, Don't Meth With Us. Good morning, Mario. Good morning. How are so, you? I'm fine, thank you. So how did this all get started? How did you get involved in the fight against methamphetamine abuse? About four years ago, our club uh, was uh, at a district conference meeting and a Rotary Club from Farmington, New Mexico, had uh, originated this project because their area, their community was being devastated by methamphetamine drugs. And we saw what they did. They gave us all the ingredients to put together a, a really good project. And so we hooked up with them and we got it going four years ago and we've been going ever since. And. Yeah, we should probably explain to our listeners what exactly are methamphetamines. Methamphetamine is a, uh, a drug that um, basically people are cooking. Um, they use different um, chemicals to um, add to uh, prescription drugs like Sudafed, and they come up with this concoction and... Uh, Basically, when you take a methamphetamine, it gives you a super high, and it um, it just affects your your brain, and you can never reach that high again. But in the process, um, you know, people wind up um, getting involved in crimes and um, stealing, and um, basically, the drug starts to affect their appearance, um, their thinking. Um, everything about them changes and eventually they wind up uh, not being the same person that they were starting out. So how uh, do you go about fighting this uh, in your program, Don't Mess With Us? We 
try and bring it to the kids. We try to educate the kids. We bring it to the fifth graders. Uh, you wouldn't think that uh, you'd have to tell fifth graders uh, about uh, these things, but they're being exposed to it early on. And so we try to beat the drug dealers and uh, beat the, the, the people that want to get them hooked on the drugs and uh, educate them, show them what it looks like, show them uh, what the consequences are going to be, what their appearance may be if they wind up going down this uh, track. So early intervention is, is our solution. And if the folks at home would like more information about your great organization, Don't Meth With Us, do you have a website or how would they contact you? We do have a website. Uh, go to don'tmethwithus.com and you can get all the information um, you want on there. There's some uh, uh, contact information. There's some testimonials. There is uh, a couple of advertisements. Um, and basically, it'll have all the information you need to get a program going at your local Rotary Club. And that website is Don't Meth, and M Meth is spelled M-E-T-H, Don't Meth with us .com. Mario DeJesu, thank you so much for everything you're doing to assure a drug-free world, and thanks for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. I'm loving it. This is Jonah Trebois speaking to you from the Rotary International Convention in Sydney, Australia, where nearly 20,000 Rotarians from over 150 countries are here getting their rotary batteries recharged, having a grand time, learning a bunch of wonderful things at breakout sessions, and I'm privileged to have with me uh, here this morning the man largely responsible for all the fun in the fellowship, Mark Daniel Maloney of Decatur, Alabama, who is the convention chair. Mark, good morning and welcome to Radio Rotary. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you here, Jonah, this morning, and it's a beautiful day today here in Sydney. In fact, when you get when you green in Australia, what do they say? Good day. Good day. It is a good day. Mark, how have you done it? You've thrown a heck of a party here for nearly twenty thousand people. You've made sure they've been housed in hotels, fed in restaurants, and dozens upon dozens of valuable breakout sessions to make us all better Rotarians and better servants to uh, the humanity. How have you, how'd you do that? Well, it's a team effort, Jonah. It's a, a, a large team of people. I have to say that it's the president of Rotary International, the chairman of the International Convention Committee, and the members of the committee who kind of developed the general framework and, and some of the specific ideas for things that are going to happen in the convention. But then there's a tremendous support network of Rotary International staff members, of the host, the Sydney host organizing committee members and then a, a phalanx of host volunteer Rotarians who make sure that this event happens. I mean, to, to describe, you've asked a question that I could spend two hours talking about, and I suspect your program's not quite that long. Half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that kind of gives you the general framework. I mean, the convention is designed to convey the message that the president wants to convey about Rotary in this year, and we do some things logistically that perhaps are different that we're trying to put our own stamp on to make things work a little smoother to be a little different. So Mark Maloney of Decatur, Alabama, outstanding Rotarian and chair of the uh, 2014 Sydney Convention. Um, 
I understand from talking to some of our Australian friends that this was 10 years in the making. That is correct. The, the local Rotarians 10 years ago decided that they would bid for the convention, and they actually made a bid for the 2012 convention. And they were competing with other cities around the world, and the board of directors selected Bangkok as the location for the 2012 convention. But the proposal that was submitted by the Sydney Host Organizing Committee and the local state government of New South Wales was so compelling that Rotary International went back to the Sydney proposers and asked them to resubmit for 2014. And my recollection is that it was basically selected on a non-competitive basis at that time based upon the prior um, proposal that had been submitted. So they started that work 10 years ago. The proposal went in nine years ago. I don't know for sure, but it was probably about seven years ago that it was approved for 2014. And then, of course, there's this period where we don't know who the president of Rotary International is going to be for 2014. So it's not until two and a half to three years before the convention that you get the president to be known and that the president appoints a convention committee chair and a convention committee. So you've been at this for about three years? Just about three years. Well, it's been a tremendous success. And I know you're not the type of person that would rest on his laurels. What's next for you in Rotary? Well, I, um, I have a couple of committee appointments for next year. I'm the chairman of the Operations Review Committee and I'm the vice chair for next year and I'm the vice chair of the Rotary Peace Centers Committee for next year. That's a new endeavor for me to be on the Rotary Peace Centers Committee. I've just come off of the um, Future Vision Committee after six years of service on the Future Vision Committee. The Future Vision Committee is now June 30th. It will be no more. And so those are my Rotary activity. Those are my international Rotary activities that are planned for the, for the upcoming Rotary year. Well, let me ask you, Mark, uh, you've got about 50,000 people listening uh, live on the radio and another 8,000 on the Internet. Would you give them a good idea of why they should join Rotary? Well, Rotary is a tremendous organization for those people who are service-minded, those people that want to help those who are less fortunate than themselves. But the the greatest connection of Rotary is what you see here at this convention. You've mentioned that there's almost 20,000 people at this convention. And to stand, I was outside All Phones Arena as we were about to open for the second seating of the opening plenary session. We had so many people, we had to do the opening session twice. And you watch these people streaming across Sydney Olympic Park and there were Japanese and Taiwanese and Colombians and Americans and Australians and New Zealanders and Africans and uh, just from Europeans and all over the world and you have this connection with these people and to have this opportunity to do service locally with your fellow business and professional people and to have the opportunity to serve with those from around the globe is really a tremendous opportunity. Mark, I couldn't agree with you more, and thank you so much for showing all the Rotarians here a terrific time in Sydney, Australia, for allowing us to recharge our Rotarian batteries, which means that every one of us who does something good for humanity has to thank you. And thank you for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. It's been a pleasure for me, and 
I hope that this is a message that will be uh, useful to all of your listeners, both Rotarians and non-Rotarians alike. Thanks, Mark. Well, I hope you have enjoyed listening to our special coverage of the Rotary International Convention from Sydney, Australia. My thanks to our engineer, Jay Verzi, for the superb editing job. My thanks also to the media representatives from Rotary International, Vivian Fiore and Elizabeth Minnelli, for all of their help. And thanks most of all, ladies and gentlemen, to you for tuning in to Radio Rotary every week at this same time. Till next week, this is Jonah Trebowasa saying so long from Sydney, Australia.